Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you this week because we have a ton to talk about. College football is only a week and some change away. Get ready for us as we preview, get ready with us, I should say, as we preview top destinations to travel to this year, the MAC, Conference USA, or CUSA, I should say, and the independents that are left in college football, BYU, notably. Not one of them. Before we get into the episode, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal to royal at loyal to royal pod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content, and where you can send us messages and questions, which will get included in the episode, just as one was included today. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. Go Tigers! But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go for your Let's back this bula. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are loyal, but we are more royal than loyal, I think we would all say. I think that we are both royal and loyal um, by equal amounts, but we are definitely not members of the Navy. Um, We do appreciate the Navy, but not Navy. Okay. Not to say yes. Navy in Annapolis. We do we do appreciate na- the Naval Academy. Yes. But the Naval color Force. Navy on Brigham Young University uniforms, no, making us royal. Yes. Loyal yes. royal. <laughs> that was very convoluted. Uh, yes. Anyway, if you followed all that, then you will definitely be able to follow our episode because it's definitely going to be very clear and concise today. Um, let's start things off with some housekeeping. I have an item that I must bring to the forefront. Uh, I am a big fan of Chick-fil-A. Would you say you are as well? Yeah, I mean, Chick-fil-A is good. It's good. I'm not like a mega fan, but it's, I I like it. Okay. Um, regardless, on Monday, August 28th, about two and a half weeks from now, they'll be coming out with a brand new sandwich. For the first time oh. in almost a decade. Uh, yes. And it is oh. called the Honey Pepper Pimentos Chicken Sandwich. Uh, it is amazing. I haven't tried it yet, but it just sounds great. It has like three different kinds of cheese. It has honey. It has uh, like pickled jalapenos. Um, oh. Yes. I am very, very excited for it. And it is also coming with a caramel crumble milkshake. Um, oh. Yes. Uh, my grandpa actually just told me about this, and I got very, very hungry for Chick-fil-A. So I thought I might mention it to the masses so that we can all go camp out together on Sunday night. Hashtag closed on Sunday. But then Monday morning, we're going to get that honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. Heck, yeah. That sounds awesome. I wonder how long it took them to come up with that. If they haven't released a new sandwich in 10 years, how long have they been working on this thing? 
in their little press release, they said that it underwent like, uh, what's the word? Like focus group testing in like yeah. a couple different cities in 2020. So, oh my. yeah. So they've been sitting on this one for a while. It's finally, finally time. Heck yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, I'm a little bit late on this one. Um, I, I actually saw this last week, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Finally saw Barbie. So I can now comment to the other half of Barbenheimer. Um, I do think, as we discussed, what is it, like two, three weeks ago now, it's fruitful to not see them in the same day. (laughs) Because they are two wildly different movies. And one will, like, you'll expect one to set the tone for the other. And it it just won't work. It won't work. So see them on separate days. Uh, Barbie was cool. Barbie was funny. I thought it was a really funny satire. (laughs) I just, I thought, uh, yeah. The, the patriarchy, man. That's uh, <laughs> I was not expect like when I went into the Barbie movie, I was not expecting Ken to bring back the patriarchy to Barbie land. Like, that's <laughs> not that's not what I was expecting at all. So, uh, caught me off guard. Uh, yeah, I love Barbie. That's one of my top five favorite movies. The I love when he's dressed as Rocky and has the horses on TV, and oh, <laughs> it was so spot, so perfect, so yeah, very funny. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's it's a classic. Instant classic. I love at the end there when it's like, can we have one man on a Supreme Court seat? And they're like, no, but you can have some meaningless. Just, <laughs> just totally like backtracked on the entire thing, like just solidifying the satire of it. I just, it was, it was funny. It was funny. Very great movie. Wonderful. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Highly recommend. Jared, I got a question for you before we move on to the sports talk. Absolutely. Now, this is sports talk as it uh, alludes to surfing. Surfing, notably a sport. I will die on that hill. Okay. Um, do you, Jared, feel more like a Cody or a Chicken Joe? Um, I assume that we are referring to the movie Surf's Up with the Penguins? Yes, that that is correct. Okay. Um, I haven't seen that movie in like probably 15 years time to correct that <laughs> it is time to correct that uh i would like to think i'm more of the chicken joe though i, I like his vibes yeah yeah but i don't know if that's the the right answer at all i mean he's a free spirit he goes around doing what he wants he feels things in his nuggets mm-hmm. um so yeah chicken joe is a good answer i just i don't know i've for whatever reason the movie surfs up has just kind of been replaying in my head the past like five days or so and I can't get the soundtrack. It's, it's an incredible soundtrack. Really good soundtrack. Can't get it out of my head. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Surf's Up, uh, forget about Barbenheimer. Watch Surf's Up first. Okay, I need to go watch Surf's Up. I have not seen it probably since it came out. So, <laughs> you <laughs> won't be disappointed. Definitely need to go watch that one. I see uh, Chicken Joe in a lot of memes. Yeah. And the, the, it's good. It's good. He, he has good vibes. Yes, he does. He's a, he's a vibes guy. He's a vibes guy. Locker room guy. Uh, Speaking of vibes, we must continue to the segment that Dan is famous for. We will do our best, but uh, this is going to be one of those episodes where we get off track with football. Um, Yeah. So I know Dan said that we're rooting for RSL to win the League's Cup. Um, but seeing as we lost 4-0 to LAFC and Pablo Ruiz went down with an MCL or something, a meniscus, uh, out for the season, very rough. 
Uh, I'm just calling it off. We weren't trying. It, yeah. it was just, we wanted to get more rest in for the rest of the regular season. Uh, Messi's been on a heater. We didn't want to go up against that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where RSL is now. We're just kind of waiting for the regular season to start up again. See, is it more embarrassing to lose to LAFC 4-0 or more embarrassing to lose to Inter-Miami 4-0, but Messi put up all four of the goals and two of them were like 50-yard bicycle kicks? <laughs> um, I, either way, you don't want to lose 4-0. I would rather lose to Messi, though, if we're going to be honest, because then you could at least witness the greatness that he okay. is. And it is very high greatness. A lot of greatness. It's greatness, but only in the League's Cup. Because even though Messi is dominating and Inter-Miami has now won like six games straight or whatever, something like that, it's all been in the League's Cup. So they are still bottom in the standings in the MLS. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there. I saw a graphic today. I should have saved it. But it compared their regular season stats to their League's Cup stats uh, with Messi. And it's like the polar opposite. Like they were negative 14 in goal differential plus 14 in the league's cup. They're like, had scored 22 goals all season and they've scored 21 goals in their last six games or whatever. Like it's absolutely bonkers. They're absolutely torching. I mean, imagine you put like Marshawn Lynch on a JV football squad. Like that's what's happening right now. Like, sure. (laughs) Can they tackle Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, you get enough, you know, middle like JV kids on him. They can take out his legs, sure. Yeah. But most nine times out of ten, he's just gonna run straight through them. So, I, that's kind of what I equate it to. No, that's a perfect analogy. As we know, Justin is the the football head here, connecting the footballs, and that 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 helps a lot of our listeners understand. Um, I would highly recommend going and watching the messy highlights. They are absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, especially his free kicks. What would you say? Especially those free kicks, man. They're a work of art. Hang them in the Louvre. If you get them on a kick, it's game over. Uh, if you're the goalie, may as well just walk out of the goal at that point. <laughs> yep. Uh, in other proper football news, um, I guess we should mention the Women's World Cup because there was some news earlier today. Uh, the women's national team head coach, um stepped down as the head coach of U.S. women's soccer. So that's good. Clap it up. Applause. Applause. I don't know if you can hear the applause because of the Zoom microphones, but we are audibly applauding. Yep. Hashtag doofus out. Um, but also the final is set. Uh, it is going to be Spain and England. Neither team has won a Women's World Cup before. So... Uh, very exciting. Um, mm. but the game is going to be played at like, let's see, I think 3 a.m. Uh, on Sunday morning. And so, yeah, let's see. I am not excited for this game. Uh, the American in me hates England and doesn't think English people are real people. That kind of deal, you know. Um, As one would. The South American in me from serving my mission in Peru hates Spain and believes that the Spanish aren't real people, that they're aliens and that they are bad. So I do not have a uh, dog in this fight if I won't get canceled for using that terminology. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I hope both teams lose. Okay. Um, 
I'm rooting for Australia in the third place game. Again. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there's your dog in the fight. Um, that one's at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning, so a little more watchable. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Both countries, uh, we can thank for America, but also we fought against them once we were America. So kind of that interesting dynamic there. Uh, moving on to BYU women's soccer. They started their exhibition preseason. They went 2-0. Woo, they woo, went woo. Rutgers and beat Rutgers 1-0, and then they won 7-0 against Idaho State. They play today, when you're listening to this, uh, at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. So get ESPN+, Plus. go watch the game. Um, they will be playing number 21, St. Louis, at home. Women's soccer ranked number 13th, hosting number 21, St. Louis. Very big game. Uh, and it's the first game ever official that has BYU with Big 12 logos on the jerseys and the field. It's exciting. Oh, heck yeah. That's awesome. Can't wait to see that on my television. Can't wait to see like Big 12 network or whatever on the on the bottom ticker on the ESPN plus broadcast stream. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you're tuning in. We got a ranked matchup to start off the year. BYU women's soccer, if I'm not mistaken, was chosen to finish first in the Big 12. So yes. they already have a target on their back. Absolutely. Very exciting. They were, uh, they, the little like poll votes and stuff, they finished above TCU by one poll vote. Ooh. Just one. So it's going to be very close and it's going to be very, very high end soccer. It'd be very exciting to watch this season. 1984 final AP poll vibes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's move on and let's talk about some. American football. Oh, I've missed that. These funky noises. I'm never sure how much like actually gets through the microphone. <laughs> you know, because we're not recording on like the physical microphone anymore. But um we're gonna start American football off with a retirement press conference. Oh no. This is indeed my retirement press conference. Oh my I'm gosh. Announcing my retirement. Not retired yet. But um, to add some context, UTFL played one year, uh, first team all league defense, defensive MVP nominee. Uh, I am now a preseason nominee, like on the preseason watch list for league MVP. Let's so, go. Uh, that's exciting. But uh, been a lot of drama this season. Haven't been about it. Hasn't been fun. Uh, first game is on this next Saturday coming up. Wow. Um, not well, I guess not. Not this upcoming Saturday, but the one after, the 26th. 26th, um, I don't know. There, there's some stuff going on. Uh, schedule came out. Unfortunately, uh, some of the games are later than I thought, which will cause me to miss a significant amount of tailgating, which I am not happy about. Ooh. Um, I realize now that I should have dedicated this fall season to college football, but I'm already financially tied to the season, <laughs> so I can't really. Signed the contract. Exactly. I'm there. I need to be there. But uh, this is my retirement. This is my announcement. I am now retiring from playing in the UTFL in the fall from henceforth. Okay. After this fall. It was a good run. Hasn't happened yet, but it was a good run. Only spring football from this point forward. I like the decision. I'm all about that decision. Had to make it for me. Had to make it for next year so that Jared and I can tailgate more frequent or like together for longer. <laughs> I don't know. It was. It was a poor decision on my part this year, but you got to stick by it. You, you learn and you move on, right? Exactly. Exactly. 
so just to be clear, this is not a James Harden situation. You're not calling your owner a liar and that you'll never play with him. No. It's strictly the fall season. Spring is still there. Strictly the fall season. Um, so I guess I will consecutively – I have played this spring season. Now I'm playing the fall. Then I guess I'll play the spring season again. So just like three seasons straight. Then I'll take a break in the fall. And if they, if they will have me back after missing the fall, I will once again join the runes in the spring. Okay. Priorities, man. I'm glad to see you got them straight. It's nice. <laughs> you know, went off track for a little bit, but here we are. It's okay. It's all right. Repentance. That's exactly. what it's about. Speaking of going off track a little bit, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Soul J. Mayava Peters. Um, lot to unpack there. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good transition. Uh, <laughs> he went off track a little bit academically. Um, he's been ineligible, as has been reported, or it's just been reported that he hasn't been at camp and he hasn't been with the team. Then he kind of ousted himself on Instagram by posting a screenshot that he had with his advisor stating that he got an A- minus in the class, bringing his cumulative GPA, which they um, hilariously abbreviated CUM, they um, <laughs> said that he was 2.02. So he's over a 2.0, which makes him eligible now. He had under a 2.0. And I was talking to a former BYU football player that says, if you're under a 2.0 for like, I think it's either a semester or a year, they put you on academic watch. So just academic watch, just academic watch. If you're under for two semesters at that point, they say, okay, you're suspended. So he's had to be under a 2.0 for a while now. Kind of, kind of not good, but he said that he was eligible. Aaron Roderick said, no, Jared, what's your take on this? My take is that it doesn't matter because he wouldn't play anyway. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Oh, baby. Not even in the slot. Uh, no, <laughs> I, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. We saw a little bit in the spring practices. He was getting into the slot. However, Parker Kingston has really moved into that role as kind of the shifty guy in the slot along with Cody. So I, I don't know. It, this whole situation makes me wonder if at BYU who prides itself on academic prestige and all of this stuff, <laughs> if it takes you like a year of under an 2.0 to even go on watch, like, what is it at UNLV? Like, what the – I would love to go see at these other institutions. Like, at Alabama, what GPA do you have the Alabama? Do you have, they just have a GPA that's non-zero? Like, I'm genuinely interested. Cardinal Jones. you remember that North Carolina team that was like – everyone was taking, like, Swahili or something for their foreign language and nobody knew how to, spoke it, nobody knew how to speak it? Yeah. Like, I – it just makes me wonder, you know, like, I don't know. I, I would love to see the inner workings of all of this. I don't know that you would, Jared. That's actually facts. It might be entertaining, but I don't know that you would like to see it. It'd be kind of sad. Um, let's just say athletes are focused on the NFL, right? Exactly. Like, what did, what does our idol Cardell Jones say? I didn't come here to play school. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're not here to play school. No. Um, But speaking of playing sports, um, I've been able to attend a practice or two. um, And it has been very enlightening that I'm seeing a lot from practice. Um, A couple of quick notes. Uh, First off, Dom Henry, we got to give him a shout out. 
Caught a touchdown pass with the ones, baby. Go Dom. Go Dom. Okay, that's our guy. That's our guy. Yes, from Keaton Slovis. Uh, it's actually on BOU Football's Mic'd Up with Keaton Slovis if you want to go watch it. Heck yeah. Um, other things, Caleb Etienne makes Kingsley look like a fullback. Um, yeah. Caleb Etienne looks huge, dude. In those videos, he looks like he's twice the size of any linebacker going after him. Yeah, it's it's silly how big he is. Um, yeah, we have multiple 300-pounders on offensive line, and it shows. Um, Keaton looks absolutely incredible. Like, Jaron Hall looked kind of hit or miss last year. Like, he looked good. Um, Keaton Slovis looks like he was born to play quarterback at BYU. Like, he is <laughs> slinging the ball. There was one possession where it was, like, second and short, or it was, like, second and five, and they ran the ball up the middle which Aiden Robbins, eyeball emojis. That's all I'm going to say about Aiden Robbins. Um, but after it, Keaton Slovis, all on his own, goes up to the line, calls an audible, like hikes the ball, it's third and short, little like fake pass, fade to the end zone to Isaac Rex, who absolutely mosses Malik Moore. It, Keaton oh. Slovis is a field general, dude. I'm so excited to watch him play. I'm, I am on the Slovis train. Oh, baby. Okay, we're hopping on the Slovis train now. Everyone get on board. Choo-choo. Absolutely. Uh, as far as the defense yeah. is concerned, uh, sorry, one second. As far as the defense is concerned, if you name a position, I saw them blitz in like the five minutes we were able to watch a practice. There is pressure up the wazoo with this defense. I don't like our defense may not stop a lot of people. Like we may be in a lot of shootouts. But at least it's going to look like we're trying. It's not going to be death by a thousand cuts like it was um, <laughs> under our previous regime. Uh, the defense is going to be exciting. It's going to be like home run or strikeout kind of thing, you know. Um, but it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, it'll look like we're trying. I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that we will see effort, that we will see blitzes. Um, if we give up, four more 40 yard plays this year but we trade it for like five or six more sacks <laughs> or heck i don't know maybe like stopping them on third and seven plus even 50 <laughs> percent of the time like if we could do it 50 percent of the time i will take that trade all day long deal i'm slamming that button slamming it yeah i'm i'm very excited oh, man yeah it, it, it looks like it's gonna be a fun year this year um again like i said the offense is is they're humming um offensive line deep like i i really don't have any question marks on the offense um the defense i mean it's year one under a new regime we do not have guys fit for this we brought in a lot of transfers but obviously uh it's not going to be just uh reloading it's going to be a little bit of a rebuilding until we get this defense set and uh yeah, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. We're gonna be a very fun team to watch, uh, especially from an objective standpoint. Team that scores a lot of points and gives up a lot of points, especially in the Big Twelve. There's a couple of schools like the Kansas game over under might be ninety five. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> you know, what? and that's okay if we struggle defensively, like you're saying, Jared. At least it will be fun to watch. At least it won't be painful. At least we'll watch us attempting to go to the game instead of letting the game come to us. You know, we're, we're going to be violently, you know, trying to take the game by the neck, you know, 
step on the gas and go. And you will be able to watch that just 16 days from now when this episode comes out. We are two weeks away from BYU opening up versus Sam Houston at 8.15 p.m. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Oh, my gosh. It is so soon. So soon. Remember like two episodes ago when you were saying it was too long? Uh, Yeah. And I had to tell you, Jared, next next month is football. <laughs> You've convinced me. And it, it is officially here, basically. <laughs> yep. It's here. It's it's basically here. Uh, I mean, we got Navy Notre Dame in just over eight days. Like, it, it's basically, it's like the Grinch, you know? It's practically here. It's, that's, it, it is practically here. Week zero next week. We'll get you your preview. Um, I guess... We, we have to mention one other thing. TCU-SMU has been canceled or suspended, as they say. It's just another rivalry that has gone away with realignment. I mean, we do keep the Territorial Cup with ASU and Arizona. We do keep the Holy War, which returns and is instantly one of the most storied P5 rivalries, conference rivalry. Like, that's instantly top five um, in the Power Five. Uh, but it is sad to see these kind of G5, P5 uh, traditional rivalries kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah, and you can't help but think what's going to happen to the Apple Cup, what's going to happen to the Civil War, if we can even call it that anymore. I don't know. Don't want to get canceled. Um, right now, the ADs are saying that they're going to try to keep the game afloat. But that's what ADs always say. Then two years pass, three years pass, and then all of a sudden they cut the game out completely. Yeah, There are a ton of these rivalry games that are getting killed by realignment. And I don't think it's healthy for the sport. I think this sport was built on regional rivalries and fan bases hating each other. Like we talked about last week, you know, it's about going to work or church or school and being able to interact with somebody who went to the other school that you're playing this week. Not somebody, not a, you know, not a team that's coming from the other side of the country, you know, the continental United States. I don't know. It kind of frustrates me a little bit, but what can you do? Uh, BYU is killing its rivalry with Utah State, too. Yep. There's just a, a lot of it's happening, and it's kind of sad. It is sad. I wish we could get, like, Missouri-Kansas, the border war, you know, Nebraska-Colorado, Bedlam. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll get Texas-Texas A&M back, but still, like, I don't, I don't know. I wish conferences would just leave week 13, rivalry week, Thanksgiving weekend, just be like, there will be no conference games. This week, you will play either like a, just some random team or you're going to play your rival. And whether that's in conference or not, like that is rivalry week. That is when you are going to play your rival. Unless it's like Red River or something, right, where you're going to play it on the second Saturday in October or something. But uh, I just – you need to protect that tradition and regionality kind of like you said. Jared, I'm going to need you to filibuster here for like 20 seconds. I'm getting assaulted in the face by the sun through my window. I want to close the blind super quick. Uh, of course. Filibuster is starting. I'm going to read Twilight like that one guy that on Congress did. I don't know when that was, but I remember hearing about that as a child. thought it was pretty funny. Tried to do it in class once. Didn't go so well. Um, also in class one time, we had this really short kid named Ashton. And when there was a substitute teacher there, uh, during lunch recess, we came inside. Teacher wasn't there. And we hid Ashton in the ball bucket. And he stayed there for the rest of the day. And so when the substitute teacher came back after lunch, 
she was looking all over for Ashton, couldn't find him. And we just said, we don't know. I guess he went home and he just stayed in there until the end of the day. So yeah, Justin, you're back. Uh, the sun looks like it has gone away. It was kind of funny watching it, but it looked very, very unbearable. It did. Um, I don't know who Ashton is or what happened to him or her, but uh, sounds like it was funny. <laughs> uh, filibuster complete. Scene. We have um, filibustered, and now we move on. We have a fun little segment that we wanted to throw in here. Jared was diddling around and came across this idea, and I'm excited for it. As it was, I think you a, it was a fan submission. That's right. It was from the yeah. bald guy. Yes. Yes. Just just a stroke doc. Yes. His burner. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, we love you. Thank you for submitting this. This is something that we'll talk about. And here is your reminder that if you submit anything to us via Instagram DM, Twitter DM, show review, whatever, we will include it in the show. Yep. We love our audience. We love the interaction and we appreciate it. Uh, we like giving you guys the content that you want. So tell us what you want to hear about. Exactly. So right now we are going to announce, I guess, or we're going to have our little, uh, I don't know, the top five road trips that we would want to go on for a college football game this year. If we could go to five of this year's best college football games or environments or whatever, what would those five road trips be? Uh, yeah, so I, I think there's a couple of things that come into account here. Um, one, I, it needs to be like a good game, right? It needs to be a great game between two good teams. And then secondly, like the environment, I think also needs to, to be great. Like if you're going to go on a road trip, especially if you live in freaking Utah, um, the games need to have the, the environment of a lifetime, right? That you need to have a rivalry game or a high intensity, high stakes matchup. The stadium's going to be packed. Fans are going to be into it. PAA announcer is not going to be high as weed uh, when we're in, uh, kind of like it was when BYU played at Oregon. <laughs> so I'll start off here. Um, the game time for this one hasn't been announced. I hope it's not a big noon Saturday game because I'm sick of them ruining tradition in college football. Uh, but I'm going with Penn State at Ohio State. That's been one of the best games in college football for like the past eight years. Um, two very good teams. I think Ohio State is going to be not as good as they usually have been. Penn State will be much better than they have been. Um, the shoe is going to be absolutely rocking. Uh, it And then Penn State's going to come in. And I mean, in 2017, Penn State came in and had Ohio State down by 17 in the, in the fourth quarter. And Ohio State came back and it's Ohio State scarlet out game. It's, it's going to be one of the best environments. So that's going to be my 1-1. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State. My 1-1 one, one is Oregon at Washington, specifically this year because I think Oregon at Washington is actually going to mean something for the first time in a long time. These two schools are actually going to be good. These two schools actually have competent quarterbacks for once, depending on the day for Bo Nix, though. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is going to be a fun, fun game, and I think it's one of the rare um, – Washington, with its history, is one of the rare – west coast meccas of college football it's the pacific northwest you even call it the west coast you have all those people arguing whatever but it's inarguably geographically on the coast that is west so yeah. with that in mind i think it's one of the best west coast venues in college football so i'm going oregon at washington one one 
That's absolutely beautiful. On the sound, you get the foghorn, the huskies, the purple. I mean, it's one of the loudest stadiums in college football is what they say. I've never been there, so I can't say. Um, but, I, yeah, and that game's going to be absolutely incredible. Washington pulled off the late upset of Oregon last year. So, Oregon will be looking for revenge. That's going to be a great one. Heck, yeah. My number two, this is the second game I would love to go to. Um, this is just a game. It's a bucket list game that I think every college football fan should have. Um, it's the Army-Navy game. Uh, this year, Navy and Army are duking it out week 15, I think it is, you know, that week between the con- the conference championship games and the bowl games. So I th- that's just Navy-Army, Army-Navy, one of the best college football rivalries that has ever existed, one that I can't wait to see in person someday. That's my number two pick. Yep, and uh, the game itself may be under three hours, but the festivities are going to be much longer, and that's really what you go for is – the cadets, the 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 marching onto the field, the hat throw, like that's that's what it's all about. That's what college football is all about. Oh yeah, game may be under three hours and under three points. You never know; <laughs> it'll be fun, regardless. Yeah, definitely, definitely a bucket list one. Um, for my number two, I'm going with Oregon at Texas Tech. This is an early game, week two or three. Um, Oregon is going to be really good this year. We already know that. Texas Tech is a dark horse to win the the Big 12 this year. Um, they they have a lot of underrated talent, a lot of consistency on their team. They were really good last year. Um, flew really under the radar. Uh, very well coached. Like, this is going to be absolutely bonkers. Lubbock, Texas knows how to show up for a game. Like, that is literally the only thing within, like, a 100-mile radius so everybody loves the frick out of this team. And then a big team like Oregon coming in, like I don't even remember the last team Texas Tech hosted a team out of conference that was this big. Um, it's going to be a top 20 matchup early in the season. It's That one is going to be absolutely electric. I would love, love to go to that game. That's a good pick. I really, yeah, that's going to be a really good game. Uh, my number three, this is another early game, but it is a conference game. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, week four. Late September, you got Florida State going to Clemson. Clemson fell Ooh. off last year. However, they still beat Florida State. Florida State is supposed to be this playoff team. They're supposed to be amazing. Jordan Travis, uh, Mike Marvell's got the guys rolling. Like, it's supposed to be – like, they're supposed to be good this year. Um, and they go to Clemson. That's not an easy task. I don't care how good Clemson is. They still have Will Shipley. They still have Dabble Swiney. Uh, they're still going to be gruff and – play dirty and so it's going to be one of those intense games it's the fake death valley but i've always wanted to go see the howard rock run down the hill um and, and go to that environment um and i think that's going to be the best one of the year that's played there here's your friendly reminder that mike norvell his entire coaching career has never won a road game against a ranked opponent wow wow I didn't know he's, that won new, he's won neutral site games against ranked opponents, but never right. a true away game. Never once. That's, well, it's going to be the first, I hope, because I don't like Clemson, but that's going to be a first. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In my number three spot, I have also, uh, this is not a uh, late season game, but it also includes Florida State. This is literally going on week one, I think, if not week two. I think it's week one, right? It's week one, Sunday. It's the Sunday night game. Okay. On ABC. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, I froze here for a second. Our, oh, no, yes. Okay, yeah, so we're back. I, 
We back? Both here for a second. Week one. <laughs> okay, I think I think we're back now. <laughs> LSU at Florida State. Um, the Tigers going on to play the Seminoles. It should be a really fun one. Uh, it was super fun last year, this game, just because neither team wanted to win it. They were both <laughs> trying to hand each other the win at the end. And unfortunately, one of the teams had the win at the end. This year, will it be more of the same? Will one of the teams actually want to win this year? I don't know. I think it will be a lot of fun. My only knock on this game is it should be on campus. I 100% agree. 100. Where is it? It's like Orlando, right? Some, It's like close to Tallahassee, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some are dumb. I hate neutral site games. Like, unless it's tradition, like with the Red River Rivalry or Florida, Georgia, you should be playing every single game at a home stadium. Yep, I agree. Uh, speaking Wholeheartedly. Of, yes, speaking of neutral side games, my number four is the Red River Rivalry. That is one neutral side game that I would love to go to. Dallas, uh, the State Fair, you get your deep-fried, deep-fried, deep-fried corn dogs, um, and your deep-fried, like, pig batter i don't even know what it's called but it looks absolutely <laughs> oh baby it looks very very fun you go to the game i think the game's at like noon central usually um it just it's one of those classic ones half of the stadium is orange half of the stadium is red like it's it's one of those games where it's just steeped in tradition um and both of the teams are going to be really good this year texas is going to be good oklahoma may be good they got blown out 49 to nothing last year in this game so I would definitely expect them to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for that one. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's a, again, kind of like army Navy. That's a bucket list game. Uh Oh, everybody. I think Jared thinks that Texas is back. Man, not going to say it yet. I'll say it next week. Maybe our season drafts our season uh, playoff drafts and stuff. I, I may, I may say it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Jared, protect your heart. Okay, that's that's, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my next game also includes Texas. Uh, I guess I can't really say anything. If I also think that Texas might be a little back, not all the way back, just a little back. Um, Texas will be traveling to Tuscaloosa to play the Rolling Tide, the elephants somehow. I don't know. They're elephants in some of their mascots but sometimes they're not but elephants aren't in any way associated with the school it doesn't make any sense anyway texas is playing alabama that should be a really fun one of the most important out of conference games that's happening anywhere in the nation this year i think that will be a lot of that that'll be a lot of fun that one's gonna be absolutely electric i i don't think tuscaloosa is one of those places that ranks up among the best environments college football like obviously it's gonna be really good but i think for this game specifically it's going to be really good. This is going to be their first taste of a non-conference like conference team that is semi-decent in like 100 years. So yep. they're, they're going to eat that one up. Exactly. I agree. Never forget when was it NIU tra- that traveled to Tuscaloosa and beat them in Tuscaloosa? I think so. A while ago, right? Yes. NIU beats Alabama at Alabama. Let's see. Great podcasting. Yes, this happened um in 2003 yes <laughs> never forget never forget we were four years old four i remember it to this day <laughs> no i don't neither, i would have had to read it in the newspapers neither do i 
Uh, anyway, my last game that I would love to travel to, and this is more of kind of a sicko pick. Maybe you don't agree with this, listener. I don't know. Virginia Tech at Marshall. Ooh, very sicko. Man, that's going to be a wacky, wacky, fun game. Virginia Tech is always a wacky team. Marshall is always a wacky team. It's going to be a very fun environment there in Appalachia. You know, it's football is different there. You know, it's not, it's not like a pastime like it is on the West Coast. It's not religion or life like it is in Texas or the South. It's like this weird pseudo, like, we're all in jail and this is our recreation time. <laughs> like, that's what football is in Appalachia. So I don't. I, I think it'll be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. A lot of kids that grew up together. A lot of kids that played high school together playing against each other. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. That one is going to be very fun to watch. And you know Virginia Tech always struggles with Sun Belt teams. So that's yep. going to be an exciting game. Uh, yeah. I'm going to stick in the Sun Belt a little bit of Appalachia. Um, App State at James Madison. Um, James Madison second year in the FBS. App State going on like year six or eight or something in the FBS. This used to be one of the best FCS rivalries. Like they used to have a very heated rivalry in the FCS. Um, And now it is in the FBS. So it only means more. They're in the same conference. Like this is going to be an electric game. I, I worry that app state may have fallen off the hinges by then, because I don't think they're going to be quite as good as they usually are. And this is uh, like week eight or something. Um, so I, I, I do worry about that, but I think they're going to get up for it no matter what. Anytime you travel to a rival stadium, you know that the team is going to show up. So, again, kind of a sicko pick, but it's going to be one of those that you're going to want to tune in on a Tuesday night or whenever it's happening. Oh, heck yeah. And we want to know what games would you guys travel to? What are your top five picks for road trip games this year? Let us know. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. We'll post something on Instagram that you can comment on, too. Let us know because we there's a lot of good college football football games out there. Between the two of us, there is no way that we could have gone to every single one of the most amazing games. So what would be your top five? Let us know. And we definitely left some off the list, right? Like Georgia, Tennessee, that's probably going to be a game like Alabama, Tennessee was last year. I mean, any of those top four schools in the Pac-12, USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon, like they all play each other. That's going to be awesome. Kansas State, TCU, like we definitely left a lot on the table. So we want to hear from you guys what you guys, uh, which games you guys would want to go to. Heck yeah. Now we move in to the meat and potatoes of this episode. We got a lot of previewing to do. We are going to round out the group of five with our win totals today. And we are going to start off with some action, some midweek action, baby. We got the Mac preview coming on. Are you pumped for this or what, Jared? Dude, the Mac is like amazing. Like if people don't, if you don't watch the Mac, you have a serious problem that you need to talk to your counselor your bishop and your therapist though, because Maxion is the, is the salve that covers all wounds. Um, any night, any weeknight in November, you just turn into some action. You'll be laughing. You'll be crying. You'll be glad that you're in your heated room and not in like negative five degree blizzard weather, like the 600 people in the stadium are, um, You'll get games where the lights go out halfway through the second quarter, and so they just go to halftime early. Like, you name it, they will have it. Gray turf, Chippewas. The Mac has it all, baby. A rocket that is 
like isn't it pointed at like like the rocket statue at Toledo is like pointed to like the 50 yard line at like Central Michigan or something like that? Yes, I think it's pointed directly to Bowling Green's 50 yard line because that's their rival. And it's like at the exact trajectory that it <laughs> yeah. works to launch. Like, oh, yeah. Well, like it's it's awesome. It's it's tradition. It's college football. <laughs> it's college football. You think college football is dying because of all the realignment? Watch the Mac. That is college football at its core. The Mac is the only conference that has not been touched by conference realignment in the past, like, however many years. They have stayed the same. Yeah. 12 teams. They have two divisions, classic. Um, the reigning champ is Toledo. Uh, the Rockets speak of them. Um, but let's dive into it. Let's just run through this real quick. Uh, let's give our little win totals for each team, and then we can give some uh, conference title game odds and what do they call it? Handicapping, kind of weird term to use for betting. But uh, anyway, uh, let's just start things off with Akron, the Zips. Uh, we know them. We love their old logo with the kangaroo on it, or the rat, I think it was. I can't remember. Yep. Um, but yeah, over under of four, four wins. Uh, Justin, this is up from three and a half. So people have been betting the over, but I, I don't know. Do you see five wins on here? Few things are guaranteed in life. One of them is the Akron under. Um, <laughs> Akron just sucks every year, and it's sad, but that's how it is. I'm going under. Yeah, uh, I'm right with you. I see maybe two wins. I think you have a chance at four. You're going to beat Morgan State and Kent State, but you're not going to beat Bowling Green. I, I don't. I don't know. Four is the absolute max. I'm going under as well. See, the thing with the Mac is there's so much parity in this league. Like, the separation from the top team to the worst team is not nearly as far as it is in other conferences. So you'll have teams that are 1-5 and five in conference play beating teams that are 6-0 and oh in conference play in, like, week 11 or something like that. Yep. And Disaster and chaos happens in the Mac. That's what makes it beautiful. Exactly. That's why we love it. That's why we love it so much. Exactly. Now, moving on to Ball State. Let's move up one win. Their win total is set at an even five with non-conference games, including at Kentucky and at Georgia. Wowzers. What are you doing? Over or under on Ball State? Um, I'm going to go over here. I don't really love it because I see five wins on the schedule. I think Indiana State, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Bowling Green, and Kent State will be wins. I think they have a chance to beat NIU at NIU pretty evenly matched there. I'm going over, but I don't know why. I think it's just because I want ball to be a state. Um, so, yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over, too. Why not? Ball state. Cricket we ball, you know. Cricket we ball state. Um, Lonzo ball. Um, LaVar ball. Basketball. Football. There's ball. Balls. Over. That's that's uh, no, I do think all of this hinges on whether or not they can beat Georgia Southern week four. That's going to be a really, really fun game. Not one that you should miss. No, they're two high scoring teams. Um, it's at Ball State, so they do get kind of that edge there. Um, next up, we have Bowling Green or affection, more affectionately known by Justin as Field Hockey Yellow. Yep. Um, four and a half is the win total. Non-con at Liberty, Eastern Illinois, at Michigan, at Georgia Tech. Um, so getting a lot of money there. Um, but 
four and a half is kind of high for me. I'm going under here. I just don't see it. But what about you? The Bowling Green under is another one of those things that's guaranteed in life. Um, not a full guarantee. This is like a limited. It's like, you know, like when you get like a lifetime warranty, but it's like a limited lifetime warranty. Yeah. You know, like if you if you accidentally do something stupid to it, the lifetime warranty doesn't apply. Same thing with the Bowling Green under. Sometimes a stupid win will happen once, or, you know, once or twice a season. That pushes it to the over. I don't see it happening this season, though. I'm going under. I don't even think they get the four wins. Yeah, I'm with you. I think four would be a stretch. They did make a bowl game last year, um, but they lost to New Mexico State in that bowl game. So that's kind of tells you all you need to know there. Um, Shout out to Field Hockey Yellow. Field Hockey Yellow. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo? Guy at Buffalo that, like, in 2019, like, broke a bunch of records and had, like, a ton of rushing touchdowns. Yep. Remember him? What's his name? I don't remember. I can't remember either. Anyway, same Buffalo. Uh, the Buffalo Bulls, which kind of funny, should just be the Buffalo Buffaloes. Um, Jarrett Patterson. Jarrett Patterson, that's right. That was an animal. Anyway, six and a half was the original win total. This is down to six. Um, I, this this is kind of a tough one for me. I think they're kind of like exactly middle of the pack into the MAC, and so there's a ton of toss ups on the schedule for me. Are you going over or under six for this team? I got to push, really. I think they'll win six games. I do think that they'll go bowling. But I think with at Wisconsin on the schedule and at Louisiana Lafayette in some of your non-con games, you've kind of made it hard on yourself to get some friendly uh, wins outside of conference play. Like you said, in the MAC, they're kind of just in the middle there. Who knows? They might win a bunch of games. They might lose a bunch of games. I think five and seven is more likely than seven and five. So I'm going under on the Buffaloes. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going over here. And this is an interesting pick for me because I don't really like, I, I, I only see five wins on the schedule, five for sure wins. And even then a couple of them are a little more coin tossy than usual. I think if you can beat Liberty or Louisiana, that gets you to six. And then I think you're going to win one weird game in the Mac, uh, against a team you shouldn't beat like Miami of Ohio, Toledo, Ohio. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's the colors, but I'm going over on Buffalo. I really don't like it, but I'm, I'm on the Bulls, baby. I'm on the Buffalo Bulls. Ghost of Jared Patterson. He's riding the bull. <laughs> Next up, we got a weird mascot. We got the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Nobody knows what a Chippewa is. I don't even think Central Michigan attendees know what a Chippewa is. <laughs> Their win total is set at an even five, down from five and a half. Their non-con includes at Michigan State and at Notre Dame. They're really shooting for the stars there. Are you going over or under on this five win total? Um, so I'm going under. And for this reason, I looked up what a Chippewa is. And it said, also known as the Ojibwe or Ojibwe, which is said to mean the puckered moccasin people. Oh, um, So that's kind of a weird, like, visual for me. So I'm going under on the Chippewas. Oh, simply because oh they got enlarged moccasins. Uh, puckered, which I guess is enlarged. I don't. I don't know. I don't. What does that mean, puckered? So that's that's just yeah. I don't know. I don't know, like a fish. You know, like when you do the fish your face like that. Yeah. Like yeah. I think. I don't know. Oh, I guess yeah. Pucker like pucker your lips like you're leaning in for your first kiss and you're about to be sorely embarrassed because either the <laughs> kiss is 
really cringy looking back on or she rejects you, you know? Yep. Either one, no alternative. Yeah. You know, uh, anyway, uh, Chippewas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going under on the Chippewas as well. Um, I honestly don't even see five wins on the schedule. There's no way they get to six. I'm going, I mean, you're going to lose at Michigan state, lose at North, Notre Dame and you have at South Alabama. Like you, you're going one and three at best in non-con with a win over New Hampshire. And even that's not guaranteed. So I'm going <laughs> under on the Chippewas. Yeah, there's not a lot of winnable games there. Um, we move to Eastern Michigan, who has a win total of seven and a half, so much higher. Um, shout out to them for sending us Darius Lassiter, who, according to Fessy Satake, has the best hands in the wide receiver room. So that's an interesting note there. Um, their non-con includes Howard at Minnesota, UMass, and at Jacksonville State. So they do have a couple of winnable games there. Um but seven and a half, that's a high number. That is a very high number. Justin, are you going over or under on Eastern Michigan? The gray turfies. Seven and a half is a really high number, but I do think that they'll get there. I think that they'll get the eight wins this year, which is crazy to me, thinking, you know, Eastern Michigan is normally a team in my mind that sucks. But this year, I think they might be pretty good, actually. Um, they're building something there in Michigan, and I think that they're going to be pretty good. I think eight wins is, yeah, I think, honestly – Eight wins is the floor for this team. Yeah. As a I, bold declaration, but I think eight wins is the floor. Uh, I actually agree. I'm going over. They went nine and four last year. I think they have a lot of uh, good pieces in place. They have a, good, a lot of good momentum going, and they have a pretty easy non-con, so I'm also going over on that one. Next up, we got Kent State. Kent State is probably uh, the worst power-rated team that we have covered so far. Uh, they are last in returning production, last in – uh, SP plus last in offensive power rating and yet they are 79th in defensive power rating uh which is second best in the max very oh, heck yeah um two and a half is the win total there justin i'm very excited to hear your pick on this one because yeah you you lay it out there and i'll say my piece this is a freaking we ball pick i think it would just be hilarious if kent state went over they went five and seven last year so if you're betting the under, you're expecting them to win three less games than they did last year. That's crazy. I don't think they're going to regress that bad. Sure, yeah, they're not returning any production, whatever. That doesn't matter in the MAC. Nobody produces anything in the MAC. You can get somebody off the street, and they will contribute. It's awesome. The MAC is incredible that way. So I think they can get to three wins. They play an FCS squad that's terrible. They'll beat them. At Akron and Bowling Green back-to-back -back off of a bye? Dude, you can totally win those games. That puts you at three. Give me the over. I am on the under here. Now, I think they'll definitely be uh, whatever CCSU stands for. Um, probably Central Carolina Southern Unisnippity. Um, but they're definitely going to lose all their non-con games besides that at UCF, at Arkansas, at Fresno State. Just collect them checks, baby. Um, and then I think they can get Akron. I just – I don't see it for this team. I don't think there's enough on the roster uh, for them to get to three wins. But it is possible with Akron and Bowling Green coming off the bye. I don't know. I think Jared's a hater. Uh, that's my honest opinion. But, um, oh, well, what, what can you do? Uh, next up, we got Miami. Now, that's not Miami in Florida. That's Miami, Ohio. The so uh, Red Hawks, I do believe is their mascot their win total they're back miami's back back in ohio 
Um, their win total is set at an even seven. Lots of w- even win totals in the MAC. Yeah, don't very- know why that is. Um, up from six and a half, so it's 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 going up and up and up. Their win total, their non-con includes a trip to Miami, Florida, to prove who is the real Miami. Let's go. A trip to UMass and a trip to Cincy. It'll be a lot of fun. Jared, are you going over or under on seven wins? Uh, this one is all the Buffalo game for me. I I think there's probably six, seven. I'd say seven definitely winnable games. Like seven games they should win. And then you go, you host Buffalo on the second to last game of the season. It's going to be one of those matching games. Like you can definitely win that game, but I think it's going to be tough. If you win that game, you're definitely hitting the over. Um, if you lose that game, you're sitting at a push. So I'm going over on this team. I think they're going to be pretty good. They have the best rated defense in the MAC. Doesn't really mean a lot in the MAC because ratings don't mean anything. Throw it out the window. But something to keep your eye on. I'm also going over on Miami, Ohio. And I think it all hinges on that first game at Miami, Florida, where they will prove that they are the true Miami. I think that they will defeat the Hurricanes. Miami, Ohio will be the real Miami. And that alone will push them to the over. I absolutely love that. Um, here we get to another team, NIU. It used to be very good. Remember when they went to an NUI six bowl or a BCS bowl back in the day? Um, they had yes, Jordan they Lynch, I think his name was. Remember um, when NIU went from being the first team that went winless in a conference to champion the next year? Yeah, and then they went back to three and nine last year. So this is obviously a team of great swings. <laughs> um, this year, five and a half, kind of middle of the pack projection. Uh, they have the worst defense in the MAC as far as power ratings go. Um, their non-con includes Boston College, Southern Illinois, at Nebraska, and Tulsa. So maybe a winnable game or two there. Uh, but the over/under is five and a half. Justin, you going over or under here? I gotta go under. Um, I don't know. This is the uh, flow year, right? Is the the ebb is the downward? I, I don't know. This, this don't know. should be an up year for Northern Illinois, if you look back in history and follow the historical patterns. But um, I think they are ultimately going to lose a bunch of games. I don't think NIU is as good as they were a couple years ago. I think they are going to continue the struggle, especially having to travel to Kent State, travel to CMU. You don't get Akron or Toledo at home, so you get tougher games on the road. I'm going under on NIU. Yeah, I'm also going under on NIU. I, I barely see four wins on the schedule, maybe five. No chance they're getting to six. Sorry. Sorry, Huskies. You ain't bowling. Uh, yeah. uh, An Ohio State University. Not the, just an Ohio University uh, that is of the state, by the state, and for the state. Um, they have an over-under of seven and a half, which is up from seven. They went 10-4 and four last year, lost in the conference title game to Toledo in a defensive uh, defensive game. Um, last year they basically didn't try in the non-con and then absolutely turned it on in conference play. So that's something to watch for with this team. Um, they get at San Diego state at FIU, FAU and Iowa state coming to Ohio to play that game. Seven and a half. I, I think is really interesting. Are you going over or under this one? Woo-wee. Um, let's see. I'm going under on Ohio. Um, I think Ohio is one of those ebb and flow teams. They were really good last year, so that means they have to come crashing down. Regression to the mean here for the Bobcats. I do like them. I do hope that they do well. I don't think they'll go catastrophically under, but I think seven and five is probably 
the right record uh, for I, Ohio this year. I can I can see I can see that. Um, but I I'm kind of bought into this team. Curtis Rourke, their uh, starting quarterback, he's really good. He's fun to watch. Um, they have the best offense in the MAC by far in my book. Um, and and by the power ratings. I think they have a ton of winnable games in non-con. I think they could win at San Diego State, at FAU, and even beat Iowa State, uh, especially with all the suspensions that they've had. And then all of their <laughs> oh, I forgot. All their hardest games are at home, and they go to the weaker teams with the exception of Buffalo. So I'm actually on the over on this team. I'm I'm all in on the Bobcats, and Ohio State University is going to win their division in the MAC this year. Oh, shoot, and Ohio State University. Got and Ohio State University. Let's see. Um, connection's doing a little better for me right now. Turn my video off. Hopefully we're all good. Speaking of connecting, how about that Toledo Rocket connecting with the field in Bowling Green? We got Toledo, who has a win total set at eight and a half. Their non-con includes a trip to Illinois, playing Texas Southern and San Jose State at home. Jared, at eight and a half, are you going over or under on the Rockets? Uh, you know what? I'm actually I, – I think the MAC is a two-team league this year. I'll get into this a little bit later, but I think Toledo is going to be really good. Um, they have a pretty good defense, a decent offense. Like, they're, they're, they're good. They, this is a good, complete team. They won the MAC last year. Um, I, I think they go over. I think they're going to get to nine wins. I think you beat San Jose State. I think you could beat Texas Southern. Like, yeah, I, I just don't see a lot of losses on here, so I'm going over. I see, I see that. I like that. I would really like it if Toledo went over, but I personally think that eight wins is right for them this year. I think they're going to go under just by a game, and I think it's probably going to be a dumb loss to some random MAC team like NIU that does them in. If they can win that Illinois game week one, which they are capable of doing. Definitely. They are locked into the under. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch, especially that Illinois game. That one's going to fly under the radar, but I think that one's going to be close going into the second half. Um, finally, we do have Western Michigan, who went to a New Year's Six Bowl a while ago, lost to Wisconsin, P.J. Fleck left, and now they are in the dregs of the MAC. Three and a half is the win total, down from four. I do not see it. I see one win on this schedule, so I'm heartily on the under, but I want to hear your thoughts, Justin. Oh, man. I don't know. This this kind of rips at my heart a little bit. Western Michigan is one of those teams that um, I like. I don't know. I have a soft spot in my heart for them just because they wear the color brown so proudly. Um, I don't know. I Three wins is what I think they'll get, and even that I think is generous, so I'm going under on Western Michigan. It, it kind of makes me sad to say that they did win four games alone in the Mac last year. So uh, I think it's possible that they go over, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised with that one. Um, let's just get to our uh, conference title contenders here. Um, I, for me, I kind of said it a little bit earlier. I'm on Ohio and Toledo. I think those there, it was the matchup in the conference title game last year. I think it's going to be the same this year. Except I think Ohio is going to get some revenge. I'm very high on this Ohio team and their fiery offense. Toledo, I think, might be the better team, but Ohio is going to win it because they lost it last year. And I need an Ohio State University uh, to win a conference, uh, regardless of if it's the or just am. So uh, putting my money over there on Ohio as well. 
I mean, fair enough. Um, I'm going with Toledo in my title game as well. I also have an Ohio school included, but it is not the Bobcats. It's Miami, the real Miami of Ohio. Okay. And Miami of Ohio winning the MAC. Um, it's been a little bit since Miami of Ohio has won the MAC, and I think it's time for them to return the prominence. I have played with Miami, Ohio in NCAA 13, and I have won the MAC in there. So there is precedent. Give me Miami, <laughs> Ohio as the conference winner. I love that. Uh, we got to roll with the precedent, baby. Uh, look at us having teams from Ohio, uh, just an Ohio run conference championship game. No way that could go wrong, right? Um, yeah, no Ohio way. runs the uh, Ohio runs the conference. Ohio runs the conference. Um, I wish they ran the Big Ten as well. Um, moving <laughs> along, uh, let's get into the conference USA. Now you re- might remember the the what was it? The hyphen, the dash entered the transfer portal. Um, so it is just CUSA now officially. There is no hyphen. It is CUSA straight. Nine teams, no divisions. They have a couple of new teams, Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston State. They don't like you to say the state part, but it's technically Sam Houston State. Um, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State are actually coming up from the FCS. So this will be their first year um, in the FBS. They will be ineligible for postseason play because the NCAA has sticks up its butt. Uh, Reigning champ is now in the the AAC, uh, UTSA. Um, and one last little note about this CUSA. They will be playing on weeknights in October. Much like the MAC playing in weeknights in November, they will be playing on weeknights in uh, October. So we get weeknight football, baby. That is huge. Uh, CUSA is uh, – it's like the MAC, but it's just – it, I, I don't know why people don't like CUSA as much because it's a lot like the MAC in some respects. I think the MAC just has like this brand built around it. Um, but the CUSA is just as wild. La Tech and Charlotte, and I guess Charlotte's gone now, but th- those games back in the day used to be just as wild. So I think CUSA gets, doesn't get enough love, and it will now with October CUSA action. <laughs> October CUSA action. I don't know. I think the reason that the CUSA doesn't get quite as much respect as the MAC is just because they, they haven't been as good at branding themselves. But, uh, yeah, moving to weekday games in October, I think, is a definite win for the conference, and I think more people are going to be tuning in to watch CUSA. I 100% agree. Should we get started with these win totals? Let's do it. Let's kick things off with Florida International. They released their Miami Vice jerseys. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, very, very, very cool. Gorgeous. Um, uh, three and a half is their win total. They are perennially one of the worst teams in college football. Um, do you see any wins on this schedule? Because I only see one, and it is Maine. Uh, they do get Jacksonville State and Sam Houston, obviously. With only nine teams at the conference, you're going to play everybody. Um, but I don't think – I mean, you'd have to beat both of them and another team to get to the over, so I'm heartily on the under here. I think FAU, FIU is poo-poo garbage. Yeah, they may be poopy, poo-poo garbage, but they come out with sick uniforms, man. Uh, I was on the under heartily on this, but after I saw their Miami Vice uniforms, I'm slamming the over. FIU is going bowling this year. Let's go. I love that. That's a, that's a pick with the heart, and I like it. I appreciate it. Exactly. We pick with the heart in this household. Next up, we got Jacksonville State, otherwise known as that school that beat Florida State. Um <laughs> Jacksonville State has a win total set at five with their first year in the FBS. 
not a bad transition. Vegas thinks a little bit of them. Their non-con includes Utah, ETSU, Coastal Carolina, and Eastern Michigan. Jared, are you going over or under on Jacksonville State? Uh, I'm unfortunately going under. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to do well. I think five wins is what they will get. Um, I just, there's no way they get six. Uh, I think five would be absolute best case scenario, which is good. I th- I think that's good for them. I think that'll be a step in the right direction. I just don't think, I mean, they have a horrible offense or a, a horrible defense. Um, not exactly at the top of their game the last couple of years, but I think five is what they'll get. And I think five is a good step. It's just not going to hit the over. See, I think Jacksonville State was one of those lightning in a bottle FCS teams that did what it did in the FCS very well, but it's going to struggle to transition to the FBS for a few years until it learns the new game. Mm-hmm. I think that Jacksonville State will probably go somewhere in the neighborhood of two and ten or three and nine this year. I am not high on Jacksonville State. I am heartily on the under. Uh poor Jacksonville State. We move on to a team that we do not feel bad for team that makes us shudder uh it is liberty i just hate thinking about liberty because of last year obviously um they do have a new head coach jamie chadwell uh did not bring anybody with him they are last in the conference in returning production that's saying a lot this is cusa but they were very good last year have been very respectable the last couple of years they're over under a set at nine so vegas basically thinks they're just going to come in and walk all over conference usa uh, are you taking the over or the under, Justin? Nine for the Liberty Flames. I hate Liberty. Under, Liberty sucks. I hope Liberty goes 0-12 under. Uh, I like the pick, and for that reason, I'm going to fade myself, fade you. I'm, I'm fading us. It's something I've done a lot this offseason, fading what I want to happen, which is them to lose every game. Uh, I think they're going to win almost every game on their schedule. Their non-con is a joke. Bowling Green, New Mexico State, Buffalo, uh, and and Old Dominion, uh, or uh, U- UMass, Old Dominion. I don't, I don't know. That It's a pansy, pansy, pansy uh, schedule. I think they're going to win 10 games. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good, but I think they are going to win 10 games. Fair enough. Next up on the docket, we got Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is an interesting school with a lot of history that has struggled a lot recently. Their win total is set at six. Interestingly, after going three and nine last year, it was originally set at six and a half. What does Vegas see in this team that we don't, Jared? Are you going over or under on six wins? I'm going very much under. I do not know what they see in this team. I, I do not see anything in this team that makes me put a smile on my face, except for the fact that they had like a third 98 at one point. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they have a bye week on rivalry week, so that's kind of weird. Um, oh. they just end the season a week early. I only see four wins on here FIU, Northwestern State, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State. I, I really do not see seven wins. I do not know what Vegas is smoking, so give me that under. I mean, I am very much with you, Jared. I think this team will probably go three and nine. Uh, I don't think they're much better than last year. I don't see how they could possibly get four wins better than last year. I'm slamming the under with the force of a million hot, white, burning suns. So essentially a Caleb Loner layup is how hard you're hitting it. 
Hello? Oh, did we lose you? Can you hear me? Okay. Now, now I can hear you. I'm back. I'm back. What, okay, did you hear back. me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> we okay, are did, back. A little bit did of you hear me? Noise. Force of a million burning hot white suns under? Yes, and I love the pick. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Okay. We are back. Yes, we are back. Um, let's go to Middle Tennessee State. This team beat Miami last year. They absolutely trounced them at Miami. Uh, they have quite the non-con at Alabama, at Missouri, Murray State, and Colorado State. But their win total is still at six and a half. So Vegas expecting them to do a lot in CUSA this year. Just an over under six and a half wins for the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. I'm going over on Middle Tennessee State. Um, they are going to have to do very well in CUSA because they are going 0-2 to start off the year at Alabama and at Missouri. And they might even be banged up and hurt a little bit. But I think that this team can run through CUSA. Give me the over on Middle Tennessee. Uh, I like it. I can definitely see them getting there. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know. I have two toss-up games. I think they can get to six for sure. And then I have two toss-up games. I think they can split those. And they're both at home, so they might even get both of them. But I'm definitely on the over here. I think this is going to be a sneaky good team in the CUSA. Maybe not overall in college football, but I think – I think they're going to be very respectable. They're going to push for the title game. Oh, heck yeah, I agree. Next up, we got another new addition to CUSA, New Mexico State, the ex-independent, the Aggies. Their win total is set at, I kid you not, six. (laughs) Vegas thinks that New Mexico State could go bowling two times in a row. When was the last time that New Mexico State went bowling two years in a row? Uh... Probably when they went bowling instead of going to practice two weeks in a row. <laughs> exactly. Some more field hockey yellow situations going down in New Mexico State. Um, their win total is set at six. Jared, are you going over or under? Do you think they're going bowling this year? I think they're going to be respectable. I think that they're going to win at least five games. And I think they're going to win six or seven. Give me the over, baby. Oh, no. At New Mexico, Sam Houston, La Tech. Give me that over, baby. I am excited about this New Mexico State team. There's no chance in you know where that this team wins seven games, and that's why I'm choosing the over. Give me that. Jared, I'm on that same logic as you are. I'm going over simply because I don't think it's going to happen. New Mexico State winning seven games. In the regular season, my mind just does not compute that. There is no way that's going to happen because I think that the college football gods are going to laugh in my face, spit on me, and watch New Mexico State go like 8-4 and four or something like that and be <laughs> contending for CUSA. It's going to be crazy. I'm going over on the Aggies. They're going to show people what being in a conference is all about. The oh, yeah. schedule will show through now. Um, let's move on to Sam Houston State. Uh, they play at BYU in their season opener. So that's definitely an L. Um, there's no question about it. We are not at all worried or sweating about that game. Um, and then they get Air Force, Houston, and Kennesaw State in the non-con. They're over under set at four. This is their first time. Uh, they were in the WAC last year. This is their first year in FBS. Justin, over under four, which is up from three and a half, by the way. I mean, obviously, they're going to lose to BYU. They're going to lose the first half. They're going to lose the second half. They're going to lose halftime. Uh, They'll lose uh, (laughs) second and third quarter – or, sorry, third and fourth quarter intermission. Maybe they'll get first and second quarter intermission. Who knows? Um, 
they're going to lose a lot that year or that that game. <laughs> Other than that, um, if this was still at three and a half, I would have taken the over. I do think that Sam Houston will get the four wins this year, but because it's set at four, I think three is a lot more likely than five. So because of that, I have to go under. Yeah, I'm with you. I I see four. I do not see five. So I'm definitely going on the under here. I think three is way more probable. Uh, I think three is probably more probable uh, if you like all those probables. Uh, more than four. I think they'll hit three more often than they'd hit four. So I'm definitely on the under here. Uh, let's move ahead to the Myers. Of... Next up. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. Take it away. <laughs> the lag. I was going to say, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for everyone listening to this. Sorry to you as well, Jared. I don't know what's going on with my Wi-Fi today. It's oh, it might bad. be my Wi-Fi too. But we have a school formerly known as Western Texas. The... Ooh. Who knows? <laughs> the school formerly known as Western Texas National Champions in basketball, their win total is set at five and a half with a non-con that includes Incarnate Word, our favorite school, at Northwestern, at Arizona, and UNLV. With a win total set at five and a half, Jared, are you going over or under on the minors? Dude, give me that over, baby. I I was on UTEP last year <laughs> at Boise State. They pulled a couple of other upsets in CUSA. Uh, really tight game with UTSA. Like, they were much better than people thought last year. Um, and I'm still riding that wave. I think they're going to win six games. I think UTEP is going bowling this year. Uh, that means they probably won't, but I'm sticking with it. I'm going over on the minors. Dude, I've got to agree with you. I'm going over on the minors as well. I think that they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, they're returning 62% of their production on a team that went five and seven and was very close to getting that sixth win. Yeah. With a non-con that includes the likes of Incarnate Word, and two winnable Power 5 games at Northwestern and at Arizona. I think UTEP can crack six wins. I'm going over. I love it. I love it. Minor train, baby. We're on the minor. We're on the mine cart, I guess. Minecraft buddies. Uh, go miners. Um, we finish off with Western Kentucky. Uh, very good. They lost the Conference USA title game last year, but they're very good. Uh, they have an incredible offense. Um, they had guys such as like Bailey Zappi. Um, a, a, a couple of, I can't remember the guy's name from last year, but anyway, quarterbacks out the wazoo there. They love to run a fiery offense, nine and five last year. Uh, I, I think this is a good team. Vegas also thinks so. Their win total set an even eight. So do you think they're winning nine or seven games, Justin? Goodness. Oh my goodness. I started talking and didn't realize I was on mute so that I could blow my nose. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're back. <laughs> Um, I think nine wins is asking a little bit too much of this Hilltoppers team this year. I think CUSA, though it has gotten kind of worse in some ways, has also gotten better in other ways. They're only returning 56% of their production. I think that people are starting to figure out the Hilltoppers. Give me an eight-win season for Western Kentucky. I think seven is more likely than nine. I'm going under. Ooh, see, I'm going to disagree on this one as well, Justin. I think... I, I see a lot of wins on this schedule, and I think there's four toss-ups. At Troy, Middle Tennessee State, at UTEP, and then Liberty at home. I think they can split both of those, which gets me 2-9. Give me the over. I think there's too many bad teams in CUSA this year. Uh, I think Western Kentucky 
though they may not be as good as they have been in the past, I think they will still win nine games and make the conference title game. Uh, that Western Kentucky at Troy game, by the way, is going to be very exciting. Troy with an incredible defense, Western Kentucky with an incredible offense. That's going to be a really fun one to watch. Uh, Justin, who do you have in your title game? Um, this is a eight, you know, they, there's nine teams. They play eight conference games. So it's just top two teams. Um, who are you thinking? I think I'm going to have to double down on this uh, just to say, frick it, we ball. Um, why not? New Mexico State. Let, let, let's throw New Mexico State in there. That, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh. Uh, New Mexico State and UTEP. I think New Mexico State and UTEP will be duking it out. And let's go with UTEP winning it all. That is probably the most beautiful prediction that you have ever made on the show, Justin. <laughs> I would love it. Um, I'm going to go Western Kentucky and Liberty. I want Western Kentucky to win. And so, unfortunately, I'm going to pick Liberty to win because I need to fade myself. I, that's what I do. I fade myself. So Liberty wins the league because I don't want it to happen. Uh, let's finish this episode off with the rest of the G5, which is, of course, Notre Dame and the independents. Um, independent teams are just automatically G5. Yep. We've been saying Notre it for Dame years. Yep, there's you can't yep. count them as a P5 because they're not in a P5 conference. I don't, Notre Dame, like we've been saying it for years, like I said. Uh, so let's finish off. There will be no conference title game, um, but we have the four teams: Army, Notre Dame, UConn, and UMass. Let's start with Army. Six wins, Justin over or under for the Black Knights, who will be trying to go away from the triple option a little bit this year and kind of evolve their offense. Exactly. Um, the fact that they're going away from that triple option is the reason why I have to take the under. Um, <laughs> that I, if they had the triple option, I think they would get the seven wins. But because they're going into the shotgun now, which is not what Army is supposed to be doing, it will be an under. Yeah, I, I want to go with you, but their schedule is so pansy. They play two FCS schools, Holy Cross and Delaware. Like it. It's just too easy of a schedule for them to go under, I think. Oh, sick. So, so yeah, I'm going with the over. I I hate it, but I'm choosing the over. I I really don't like it, but it's, the schedule is so easy, I can't see seven losses. So, I'm going with the over there. All right, man. Fair enough. Well, next up, we got the Fighting Irish Catholics at Notre Dame. Their win total is set at eight and a half. Marcus Freeman in his second year after losing to Marshall and Stanford, two piss-poor teams last year, their non-con includes every single game on their schedule because they're an independent. With a win total set at eight and a half, are you going over or under? Um, I'm going the under here. I don't like Notre Dame. I hate them. Um, and let's be honest. Like, they are saying they're an independent, but they play eight ACC teams every year. Like, it's stupid. Stop playing so many ACC schools. Play, play some more hard schools. It's too easy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see them getting to nine at all. I think maybe they get to eight. There's no chance they're getting a nine, though. So give me that under. Yeah, man, I got to agree with you. I honestly don't think that Marcus Rubin is doing an incredible job there at Notre Dame. They're struggling recruiting-wise. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think that Notre Dame will go under. Seven wins is the ceiling for this team. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame was fighting for bowl eligibility come week 12 and 13. Oh, I would love that so much. Nothing would make me happier. 
and then they lose to Stanford during rivalry week to miss a bowl. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, next up, <laughs> that we move be to Jim Mora and the Haunted House. UConn, four and a half wins. They went six and seven, made a bowl game for the first time in forever. Um, their schedule gets a little bit more difficult this Woo-hoo! year. Uh, four and a half win total. Justin, are you taking the over or the under? I'm going over on this UConn team. I think that they can beat FIU. I think that they can beat Utah State. I think they can beat Rice. And I think they can beat Sacred Heart and UMass. That gets them the five wins. I'm going over on the Huskies. How about you, Jared? Over or under? I want to go over so bad. I want it so bad. But I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to put five wins on the schedule. I think this is a regression. I know. Call me the the sad Husky logo. I just I don't think it's happening. I think I think they'll be competitive in a lot of games, lose lose close, but I just I just don't see them winning five games. So unfortunately, I am on the under. Next up, we have UMass. Uh, Whatever UMass is the worst team. I they're bad. <laughs> um, yeah, UMass over under of two. Justin, is there any chance at an over here for UMass? Um, I think we got a rare Owen 12 situation here. Oh um, boy. Under emphatically on the Minutemen. Um, unfortunately for them, BYU is not on their schedule, so they do not have an easy win. So Owen 12 for the Minutemen. Yeah, I am a hundred percent with you. They play two winnable games at New Mexico State. I'm sorry, you're not gonna win that game. It, the fact that that's a quote unquote winnable game is laughable. Uh, and then they play Merrimack at home. Honestly, they might not be Merrimack. I think you're right. I think 0-12 is definitely on the table for this team. There is <laughs> no chance at it over. Goodbye, UMass. Get relegated to FCS. Fair enough. <laughs> Dude, yeah. The the cupboard of the independence is looking kind of bare this year. Very, very bare. Uh, there was a team that used to be independent. I can't remember which one it was, but it's just funny that after they left the independence group, all of a sudden, you know, the independence group was looking really, really bad. I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know. Could it be BYU? We 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 bleed Big Twelve blue. So definitely, I think I think it was New Mexico State. That, I think that's the team I'm thinking of. Probably, yeah, New Mexico State, or I don't know, back when like Florida State used to be independent in the 1980s, I think it was. <laughs> back in the olden days, the good old days of college football. Oh, well. Oh, well. Back in the good old days, Mr. Bobby Bowden. Uh, let's wrap things up here. Uh, we've been here for oh, a while. Uh, we, we finished off the, the G5 the last conference, you already know what it is. It's the Big 12. That's coming next week, baby. We'll do Big 12 BYU to finish things off. And then week zero is upon us, and we have to jump into football season. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, the episodes are a little weird all over Zoom. Not going to lie, but it's all right. We're coming to you, and we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Exactly. We're making this work. I'm getting over my illness, my Michael Jordan flu game right now, and then we'll have some more in-person episodes to avoid this nonsense in the future. Well, let's send them home. I love you. Goodbye. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>